You're now listening to the Deep Edge Podcast with your host, technology expert, Ray Moda, giving you the rundown on telecom, cloud, and all things business and tech. This is the Deep Edge Podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to this edition of the podcast where we'll be talking about it's never been a better time for BNG to move to the cloud. And our special guest is Andy Schwartz, who is Senior Director of Routing and Automation Mass Scale Infrastructure Group for Cisco. I'll start off by discussing some key points. With the average fixed broadband speed projected to peak up to 110 megabits per second and the number of internet devices connected to IP networks ballooning to about 29 plus billion, which is more than three times the global population by 2023, internet growth remains unabated and could even be stronger as the ongoing pandemic makes internet more critical than ever in our daily lives. Defining a new norm for humanity, video conferencing, replacing physical meetings, virtual happy hours with co-workers, and friends replacing these get-togethers, while education is also changing with the new online classrooms and the way these type of educations are being delivered. So not only is it in the workplace, it's also in the consumer space with how people communicate and and deal with ongoing daily lives from an education point of view, from a work-at-home process. These things are going to become the new norm. What's interesting is that showing the weight of these new digital experience, communication service providers are experiencing significant increase in traffic, as well as Uh, a change in traffic patterns while struggling with average revenue per user, which is trending somewhat flat to down. They need to reimagine their network architecture to deliver wireline services in a more cost-effective manner. With these ARPUs being flat to down, network architecture must evolve to deliver cost-effective wireline services. In the past, the key areas that were responsible for this was critical subscriber management functions and the key components of any wireline service architecture. The BNG, or the Broadband Network Gateway, has historically been the place at a centralized location. But unfortunately, these locations don't provide the best balance between the user and the control plane performance requirements. The user plane, also known as the forwarding plane, scale is tied to the bandwidth per subscriber, while the control plane scale depends on the number of subscriber sessions and services provided for each um, uh, end user. In, in most situations, what happens is that either the control plane or the user plane ends up being either over or underutilized. And, and for many years, the limited number of services per end user uh, and moderate bandwidth per per user allow network designers to roll out BNG devices that support both user plane and control plane at the same device because of minimal optimization was required. But today with the changing landscape, with the exponential growth that we see in traffic, subscribers, and services is fueling the consumer appetite for these new digital experience, the traditional BNG architectures facing some challenges, but more importantly, some severe limitations. Given the change, 
needed for these requirements, it's no longer possible to optimize a user plane and control plane when hosted on the same device. And it's just not scalable. It's difficult to support bandwidth on a consumer growth, or more importantly, cost control and management complexity when you have more and more of these BNG deployments. It's time to entirely rethink the BNG architecture. And it's time because of what happened with the pandemic to rethink how you simplify your environment. And in this podcast today, we're going to go deep dive into Cisco's cloud native BNG solution and realize how it can be a game changer for some of the communication service providers to deliver new services to greatly simplify network architectures and march towards more operational efficiency, simplification, and excellent in delivering these subscriber-based services. So I'm excited to have Andy join today. Hey, Andy, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, Ray. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for joining. I appreciate it. Now, one of the things, Andy, in the beginning, I mentioned, you know, you're senior director of the routing, automation, and, and mass scale infrastructure group, right? Could you tell us a little bit about what that role and a little bit about your background? Yeah, sure. Um, so I've, I've been uh, a longtime Cisco employee and, and uh, have some experience in the provider space uh, previous to that. But, um, you know, right now I'm working in what we call MIG routing. Uh, we have joined the automation team as part of this as well. And, and my function is really on the, on the software side of things and architecture, uh, looking at how we can pervasively drive, you know, specific technologies or architectures where we take all the different things that we have across our portfolio and, and even outside of that within the company itself um, and build, build solutions and architectures that really solve for what customers are trying to do in their, in their networks today. Excellent, excellent. Now, maybe we'll just kick into the question since the topic's related to, to BNG. I'm going to date myself. I used to work a lot with what you used to call BRAS, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. Right. So, uh, so our audience may not be as familiar with the term BNG and what it does. So do you mind quickly explaining what BNG is to a communication service provider and what are the building blocks to deliver to these residential broadband service? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, it's funny that you mentioned BRAS. Uh, that is kind of the, the predecessor to, to BNG. Um, BNG really represents a modernized view of, of what, uh, what a BRAS historically does. But, you know, if you take a step back and just talk about the functionality of, of that particular network function um, that sits there, really what it's doing is, you know, there's, there's a series of devices that go from, you know, an individual's house or maybe even a small business or business entity that's connecting via the same um, the same service, there's that devices, those, you know, intermediate, you know, carrying traffic all the way, you know, just basically pushing packets until they hit this BNG, formerly BRAS. And there's a concept of, of a session that's created in the context of a BNG. And um, what that's really doing is saying, hey, I know who you are at the other end. Um, you go talk back with an authentication server and um, perform AAA functions, institute an actual service or state within that BNG where you say, hey, I'm going to assign a policy to this um, particular subscriber. Um, you're assigning, you know, maybe how do I want to treat your packets in the context of what services you're, you're carrying over that um, particular connection? Or um, maybe you've got some security that you want to apply and either protect the network, protect the end user, or protect wherever they're connecting to. Um, and then, you know, basically marry that state that you've created 
to the rest of the network, to the internet, to services that the operator provides, um, or maybe, you know, if they're providing this in the context of a, of a more private VPN service, other um, connections to that VPN service. So there's a, it's, it's really that gateway to the rest of the network for those residential subscribers. Yeah, no, that's that's excellent because you were kind. You didn't you didn't call me old by mentioning BRAS, but that's a, <laughs> a a good explanation of it. Now, one of the things is we do want to go deep because this is a deep edge podcast. But before we go into that area, do you mind talking about the drivers, right? Because we do see uh, a lot of these new application requirements, and with current BNG, you know, what are the issues or concerns regarding whether the current BNG model is obsolete to address some of these new demanding uh, services that are being considered and built? Yeah, I mean, we just talked about state, right? Um, right. You know, anytime you're dealing with state, uh, and then you start to want to scale the network, that this is where BNGs, um, generally speaking, th- there's increasing amount of challenges around doing this. Now, we've obviously been doing this for a while and um, the the industry too. So we've gotten good at that, um, but we want to get much better beyond just maintaining state and as- assigning a policy. We want to get, you know, and being able to scale that, we want to provide um, a much easier way for operators to manage that. And we want to do that in a cost-effective or really efficient way. Um, and it, and there's been challenges, you know, in, in general with deploying these types of networks where either you have a whole lot of devices that are out there that you're individually managing, um, which can become, you know, a, a difficult task if you don't do that in a, in an operationally sensible way. Um, there's entities or there's, um, attributes and resources that you assign to those BNGs like IP addresses, for example, if you have a whole bunch of them, you have to carve up your available IP address pool into small, tiny chunks, or you provide big chunks and you inefficiently as- assign them. Either way, it becomes operationally cumbersome or or just wasteful. Um, so that's been a challenge. Providing redundancy and resiliency within networks is always a challenge. Um, you know, obviously, there's a lot of solutions out there, but again, continuing to do that in a in a really cost effective way. Um, and then you have this whole idea around um, distribution of, of services. Um, and, you know, 5G has really brought this to light for the industry where um, you want to apply service context sooner and sooner for end users to the network. And you want to do that in a quick way so you can provide, um, you know, really low latency services or um, give them faster offload off of a, just a transport network to the actual service network or the service itself in the case where you can actually co-deploy that in a distributed way. Um, so that's been an industry movement for quite some time. Um, and then there's been new innovation that's out there around where you would potentially put um, knowledge uh, and um, you know that state that you hold um, having it on box, maybe you want to centralize that and put that in one place, but you don't want to actually have to carry all of the functionality that um, is typically married to that in an integrated system where you've got control plane and data plane um, collectively together. And you can you want to have the ability to maybe scale each one of those concepts individually. So um, there's a lot of things that are happening there. I think if you boil all this down, there's the operational side from an operator perspective. How do I effect, efficiently do that in a cost-effective way? 
And then um, there's the revenue side. How do I offer services where I'm increasing my average, average revenue per user? And that really boils back to all these new services that are getting further distributed out. How can I create value in my network and take advantage of that? So, um, you know, these, these things are quite prevalent in, in these architectures and we're, we're looking to address those. Yeah, no, I think you touched on something really important. That's like average revenue per user. When I meet with a lot of the board level uh, people at these service providers, one of the key things that they focus on is is that particular uh, metric, right? Because they customer acquisition cost for a lot of them is so high, right? Um, so they they figure out, they need to figure out how do I maintain that customer, right? But then once yeah. I maintain it, how do I go deeper and wider and not only increase the average revenue per user, but also increase the profitability per user, right? So, um, so I think the timing we talked about in the beginning where I mentioned about moving BNG to the cloud, right? Uh, and this whole thing we're hearing about cloud native and, and scale up and scale out. But do you mind describing in, in your terms of what, about what a cloud native solution looks like these days? Yeah, I, I think um, let's let's take a step back to what I was talking about before about sure. individually scaling control plane and data plane. Um, this is where cloud concepts and, and now what we call cloud native BNG is really coming into play. And, and it really starts with the foundational technology of cups. We've seen this already in the mobility space. Um, and it's now proliferating into uh, the residential services space, you know, and and specifically in the context of BNG. And what that really means is um, CUPS, CUPS spells out to control and user plane separation. And what we're doing is we're taking that control plane. That's really that that's the area where we say, hey, I'm subscriber X. Um, I, I want you know, access to the network and you associate, you go back and you check your credentials, you associate yourself with a particular policy that gets pushed down. All of those things happen in the context of a control plane. And then you establish state. And once you have that state, then that policy, you take all of that, you push it down into the user plane. So when traffic comes in or goes to that particular subscriber, it's subject to that policy and that that session that's been created on the user plane. So that control plane typically is co-deployed with that user plane. And that's been the traditional model, um, you know, pretty much since the beginning of this whole thing. And now what we're doing is we're taking that control plane and we're saying, hey, what, why don't we just scale that independently of the user plane? We'll go put that in the cloud where we can really take advantage of all those cloud concepts that we have where we can, like you said, horizontally scale um, we have inherent redundancy and resiliency of, of cloud native applications that sit there. Um, we have the ability of being relatively mobile in the case of, you know, picking where we want that cloud to exist. Um, you know, people that institute their own private cloud or, or even public cloud providers, they're, they're, you know, definitely making that available or, or prevalent for operators. Um, and, you know, scale that control plane and institute all those services really independent of how many user planes you have. I mean, obviously there needs to be some, <laughs> some ratio of it. Um, and then have a, a really well-established standards-based um, connection from that control plane down into each one of those user planes that we, you know, in a lot of cases and a lot of operators 
um, are really pushing down this distributed path and you push those user planes further out in the network and hopefully take advantage of some of those devices that are out in those places in the network um, and not have to institute a standalone BNG by itself. Um, let's use the network infrastructure that's in place and, and push that further out um, and, and really leverage the throughput and the capabilities and the efficiencies that we've seen in those user planes and, um, and connect it to services you know, in the transport path much, much quicker. So that's the CUPS model. So we've, we're instituting that first. Um, the second part, when we talk about cloud native, as I mentioned, that control plane that's sitting up there, we are actually leveraging um, you know, a containerized uh, Docker-based um, approach and then you know, leveraging the, you know, the different functionality and the capabilities that inherently come with that. And so um, that's different than what we've had on um, individual integrated systems and the way that the control plane itself um, manages things. And so now you're going to see things like millions of subscribers in the context of a control plane. That control plane connects to multiple user planes that are out there, um, and you're really getting some efficiencies. And so if you put yourself in the operator's shoes, hey, I'm just looking at this one control plane. I don't need to go look at my devices that I know are forwarding traffic I can just focus my, my attention when I'm thinking about BNG, I can think about that control plane. And then when I'm thinking about the data plane side or the user plane specifically, I can go focus on that. Um, so that's, you know, it, it becomes much more of a manageable problem um, or in this case solution uh, for operators. Yeah, no, I could see the simplicity of that too, bringing a level of simplicity of, of management there with that. Uh, centralized viewpoint there. Now, now correct me if I'm wrong, Andy. I, I understand that cloud native BNG is part of a broader Cisco vision on the evolution of subscriber management. Um, could you share any insight in, into that vision at all? Or oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think we're attacking this problem space not just you know with goggles around BNG, um, but we're thinking much much broader in the context of there's lots of ways that end users get access to an operator network. Um, it's not just, you know, your traditional fixed line that connects into your home or a small business, but there's the mobility side of things, which we've been evolving um, pretty habitually over the past several years. And then the, there's cable space, there's Wi-Fi. Um, all of these have evolving ways of how you get connectivity to the network. But in, in essence, if you kind of squint your eyes a little bit, really what you want is you want to treat um, the actual end user commonly, regardless of what kind of access type, or at least have that ability. So if you're going from the office to your home, to your car, you have access to the same services. You have the ability to monitor, you know, what's available to you. You have quotas that you can apply to yourself. If you're an operator, you can sell a uniform service across all those different access methods. Um, there's just a lot to be gained by providing that uniformity and common user experience, um, especially in the context of what you have access to, how the network treats you, um, regardless of how you're connecting. And so really what this all boils back to is convergence when we talk about and, and subscribers. And we like to think about it as a, a converged subscriber infrastructure. 
um, or con converge subscriber services. And this way, if you think about it, and again, get up, sit down into an operator's uh, chair, now I can start to look at this control plane and start to reuse a lot of the common things you do. Like you need to authenticate subscribers. You need to maintain, um, you know, accounting data on them. You need to hand out IP addresses. Um, you need to perform DNS services for these guys, um, you know, or you at least have that option. So there's a, there's a number of things that you just do commonly for subscribers, regardless of whether you're coming in cable or, or you know, DSL or fiber to the home or fiber to the business or Wi-Fi, et cetera. Um, so that, that sort of commonality that you can build in the control plane, um, that's, you know, that's really, you can gain a lot from an operator perspective in terms of how you operationally manage your, your, your subscriber services. And then there'll be some specific things that obviously have been built in over the years around each one of those different access types, but that can sit on a common infrastructure. So I can deploy a common um, infrastructure that sits in that cloud environment and put the specific things for each one of those access types there. So I'm not having to manage three different infrastructures or four different infrastructure for my, my converged subscribers. And then I can leverage those common things that I was mentioning examples of. Um, and then if you think above that, there's these OSS and BSS systems that, are, that operators require, you know, think about billing or inventory and things like that. You have a single set of APIs out of this converged subscriber system into those systems instead of having to do integration between each one of these subscriber types in a silo. Um, so you're, again, gaining operational, um, you know, efficiencies by doing that and really cutting down your time to market when you adopt new technologies um, across the space. So uh, quite a bit of um, things that an operator can leverage. And so from our perspective, we are trying to build that symbol or that single architecture, incrementally adding pieces as we go, um, and then centering all of this in the context of what's happening at an industry level. So if you think about what's happening in the broadband forum, what's historically happening within 3GPP. Um, these areas where standards are being defined, standard interfaces between control plane and user plane, um, we're participating heavily there, making sure that we're listening to you know, our operator customers, working with our fellow vendors to do this at an industry level. Because we all know that we need to work all together in order to evolve collectively. So, um, this is really where we're where we're really trying to draw drive this convergence. Yeah, no, this is excellent because I think you did a good job explaining some of the value prop and the driver. But you know, we've got this new norm because of what happened last year, right, Andy? Um, how's the market been reacting to this new solution so far because of some of their changing needs? Yeah, so this is. Um, you know, this is a shift for everybody. First of all, I mean, right, I, I don't want right. to. I don't want to trivialize right. this. this it's a shift for for us, you know, on the development side, drive and really doing the right thing. But when you talk about the market itself, first of all, we're defining it at a, at an industry level. I just got done talking about, you know, the individual forums and things like that, and those are representative of not only the the vendor space but the operator space. Um, so collectively, yeah, I mean that that is a agreed upon movement. But when you 
it goes beyond standards, right? When you, when you talk about actually operationalizing these things, um, what we're doing is we're, we're talking with customers that are ready. So you have to be able to, a customer that's, you know, has a cloud infrastructure in place is willing to take that um, control plane and put it there and can actually operationalize that. I think, you know, every, every end customer is a little bit different there, but we definitely have a faction of very progressive, um, you know, customers that are doing that pretty actively. Um, and then there's the operational side of, you know, a lot of cases operators have separate people that manage mobility, separate people that manage residential services or cable or whatever. Um, we're seeing convergence happen there as well, where they're collectively getting together and figuring out how do I operationalize all these things together um, so that needs to mirror what we're seeing from an implementation side and product availability side um, from the vendor community. So those things are happening actively. Um, we're doing tons of demos. We've been involved with several of our insertion customers um, on the BNG side. If we just talk that in, in through that lens, um, reception has been great um, in those areas. And we've even gone so far as to look at um, interoperability aspects of things um, for customers. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, I, I, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to trivialize things and say, <laughs> this is going to just turn over overnight, right. but, um, but really the, the customers that are engaging are ready. We've really had some, some, uh, some great success there. Yeah, no, no, that's, it's a good answer. I mean, I think from that point of view, cause you're just direct about it now, uh, where could I, or my audience find more information on this Cisco cloud native BNG solution? Yeah, no. So um, we just we just went through our, our virtual Cisco Live. You mentioned um, our new normal now. So we just went through that, and as part of that, we we formally announced availability to to everyone. Um, you know, our our CNBNG product. So you can find things you know in, in concert with that. Um, there's a public website that we've got on Cisco.com. Um, so you can go there and search for cloud native broadband network gateway. Um, so there's, there's information there. And then of course, you know, anybody who wants to talk more, they can just reach out to me. Um, I, I'd, I'd be happy to, you know, discuss with, with various people about that. So, um, yeah, there's, there's no shortage of information on this that we've got a press release that's out there. That's, that's part of this, um, with one of our early customers, Altibox. Um, so that's, that's available as well. So, um, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Andy, thanks for going deep and, and being part of the Deep Edge podcast. Hopefully you'll join us again in the future. Well, I would love to. Thanks for the opportunity. You got it. With Andy, this is Ray Moda. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Deep Edge podcast. Make sure to follow Ray Moda on Twitter and LinkedIn at Rmoda. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. Want even more? Head over to acgcc.com to access exclusive bonus content. Till next time.